What's going on, family? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells, and it's time for another episode of the Family Times Podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. And week one of the fantasy football season has officially begun, guys, and I couldn't be more excited after seeing last night's, we're recording on Friday, coming off of that Thursday 31-29 game, Bucks over Cowboys. After last night, what a way to start the season because there was a whole mess of fantasy production there cells yes there was there was uh what almost 800 yards passing between the two quarterbacks there was yeah like eight nine touchdowns between them uh i'm kind of pissed because i did do an underdog um best ball for last night's game a little four person like you draft four people on your team whatever i had the first pick and i was waffling between amari cooper and ezekiel elliott and i went zeke because i was like you know, got to take the best player on the board, right? Uh, then the rest of my lineup, had I gone with Cooper, instead of the $10 I won, which doubled my entry, I would have won 1450 bucks Because oh. I would have been able to get the rest of my lineup without question because of where they were all falling, which was Gronk and CeeDee Lamb and um, Antonio Brown. So if I had Cooper... I would have won fourteen hundred bucks instead of ten bucks. So. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Sells. Yep. Just remember that. How are you getting a lot of questions? Are you seeing a lot of Twitter buzz about? Oh my God, Ezekiel Elliott. Anyone who told me to draft him is so stupid. After that game, the overreaction is crazy, man. And even last night on Alarm After Hours, Adam Ronis and I are taking calls and getting tweets that people want to drop him. People want to undersell him. And I just gotta say. Just freaking relax with that crap of the overreaction for week one. Hallam, you've been in this industry since the Stone Age. How crazy is that every single year that this happens? I mean, you're right. It does happen every year. It's always happened every year. Uh, I I think it gets a little more magnified each year. The more people that join the cesspool that is Twitter, uh, you know, it's it's (laughs) out there more and more. Um, But, I mean, two things. One, not only is it yes, one game – but two, in case you weren't paying attention, the Bucks were the best team against the run last year, uh, and it certainly looks like they're right up that alley again. So if you really expected Ezekiel Elliott to like run for 150 yards last night, that's a you thing. Uh, I think everyone came into that game with tempered expectations for the Dallas run game, uh, and you know hopes for the Dallas pass game after Prescott was coming off the injury. So uh, you know Zeke will be fine. Uh, you know it was it was going to be a passing script. You knew that Tampa Bay was going to come out. Uh, guns blazing and was the Cowboys supposed to run it 35 times and Tom Brady's going up and down the field passing the ball of course he's going to throw and that's what their their team that Dallas's team is about passing the ball now so let me ask you this yourselves I'm sorry to cut you off for a second and, and I can ask you this both so Ryan based off what you just said if I'm a fantasy player and you're saying all this and we're talking about the matchup is bad and now you're talking about it after the fact and I'm a fantasy player and I say well if the matchup was just so poor going in why wouldn't you encourage benching Zeke? Yeah, I'm sure there's always that. And I always go to week one. I, I, you just There's the thing of being too cute also. Yes, uh, did I expect him to have a big game? No. Would I was going to play, uh, you know, Zach Moss instead or, or someone with a better matchup? No. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's still a very talented guy. Could he have broken out a big run? Sure, he could have. I think his longest run was 13 yards, so it wasn't anything like that. But I, I'm still 
if you drafted that many running backs where you feel really more comfortable uh, over that than Ezekiel Elliott, then more power to you. But I do really generally go into week one, barring an injury situation like Cam Akers or, or you know, Etienne or, uh, you know, everyone on the Ravens. I'm going into week one. My starters are going to be the guys I drafted to be my starters. Yeah. You're not benching Zeke week one when you took him in the first round, right? Like, right. you're not benching anybody you drafted in the first round in week one. Nope. Sorry. It's just that you drafted that guy in the first round to be the stud of your lineup. Was it a bad matchup? Sure. Is it the first time that a top five pick has a bad matchup in week one? No. Happens every single year, right? And are you really going to bench, like Ryan said, are you really going to bench Zeke to play Zach Moss or the mess that is the Dolphins you know, or they're in with Gaskin, they're out hey, with Gaskin, they're back in with Gaskin. What if you benched Zeke to play Ronald Jones because you liked that matchup, yeah. and then Ronald Jones never makes it on the field? Good point. That is that, that was a got ten ne- snaps. Ronald Jones, by the way, may never make it on the field again. So <laughs> no, Leonard Fournette, like they were talking that obviously Fournette had the big playoff run, and then. They talked about how Bruce Arian sat him down in the offseason and said, hey, are you going to fully buy in? Apparently he did because he was phenomenal last night in the passing. I mean, I know there wasn't a whole lot of running game on either side. But yeah, the except for that game, stupid pass that hit him in the hands and that caused an interception, giving me a minus two on Brady there, Cells. Yeah, like you're really going to miss the minus two when he put up 400 yards passing and four touchdowns. Hey, every point counts there, Cells, okay? We're going to have some stinkers here in week one. I mean, you know- we are, yeah. Uh, one half of Ryan's favorite team is going to be a stinker because the, the Niners are going to beat the bejesus out of the Lions, or at least they should. Um, they better. Th- now, that's a thing. Ryan's going to come on here next week. If the if the Niners don't win by, like, 28 points, Ryan's going to come on here and go, we need to switch the whole thing up. Jimmy <laughs> sucks. Let's get Trey Lance in. This coaching staff sucks. That's what the Niners fans are going to do if they don't blow out Jared Goff and the Lions. Yeah, but you know what? Ryan has been Team Garoppolo this entire time. I know. I'm going to say that, and I've said it. By the way, Ryan, I've said it on multiple alarm after hours show. I feel like I'm like your agent all of a sudden because I've been saying, because no, it was a good call. Everybody was like, like a dog when it came to Trey Lance and these rookies because that's what it's all about, the flashy new player coming into the league. And you're like, bro, you from the start, we had you on right after the draft, and you literally said without hesitation that you thought it was going to be Garoppolo the entire time. And it continued, and it continued, and it continued, and then it got solidified when Lance got hurt. But still, even if he didn't, man— Ryan, I still was on your side. You convinced me that it was going to be Jimmy G, as long as he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I mean, it only makes sense if you really think about it. I mean, if they were a rebuilding team, if they were the Lions, I bet you Trey Lance would be the starter. But they're not the Lions. They were in the Super Bowl in 2019. They still won six games with everybody hurt last year. And they have a legitimate shot to make a long run in the playoffs again. So why the hell would they put a guy who has one start in college over the last two years under center. I don't care if he can run. There's a hell of a lot more to than racking up fantasy points running the ball for a quarterback. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have been level-headed, smart, every decision they not every decision, but the the majority of decisions they've made since taking over have been intelligent and it only made sense. I mean, Garoppolo all right, he wasn't great last year, but it, he had the high ankle sprain, tried to come back. 
too early. He wasn't playing well. And then the season was spiraling out of control anyway. So and he had no reliable receiver that stayed healthy. Yeah. So all receivers were injured, right? Yeah. Ayuk got Everybody. injured. Debo got injured. Kittle. Um, Kittle, Kittle was out. Yeah. Kittle was out. Even the dudes they brought in to replace Ayuk and, and <laughs> Debo got hurt. Yeah, it was terrible. The offensive line was hurt. Trent Williams got like it was just it was just a year that it was just like I don't know what happened. To, you know why they were pounded so hard with injuries last year, but it, it was. So let's go back to 2019. And Garoppolo isn't that bad. He's not a great fantasy quarterback, but he's not a terrible quarterback. He, everyone loved him uh, two years ago. He was oh you know coming. The New England wants to trade for him back. Uh, oh and all this. And then all of a sudden you know he plays bad for a couple games, and now everybody's running him out of town. So uh, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be good on Sunday. I think he'll be good, you know, five, six weeks, hopefully, uh, you know, into the bye, and then we'll see what happens after that. But unless he gets hurt, he's going to be the guy for a little while. I just find it hilarious that about, what, six years ago, seven years ago now, maybe ten, whatever it was, they were running a game manager out of town because they had a backup who could run but couldn't really throw the ball and made some shiny plays when they got rid of Alex Smith and put in Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick took one good shot and broke and could never play again. Now you have Jimmy G, who some people consider a game manager. I don't. I think he's more capable than Alex Smith was. And now you've got a shiny new guy who runs, who came from a small college like Cap did. And now everybody's clamoring for the same thing again. Like, do can you make up your mind in San Francisco? Can you just deal with the guy that wins your football games? That's the point of it. It's not to put up like crazy stats because no running quarterback has really won a Super Bowl to this point, right? So, like, why are we all clamoring for one fantasy points? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but if you're a fan of the team, you don't care about fantasy points. You want, yeah, wins. no. Want titles? You want playoffs? You know, fans of the team always want the backup quarterback when something's going wrong, and and I, I'm excited for Lance. I am, but I'm still, you know, with Garoppolo until the time comes. And like I said, I know it's coming this year. It's just a matter of when. Uh, I was behind the Alex Smith change. Uh, I was never really a fan of his, but uh, I understand. I understand what you're saying. You're right, and I think you know stability is what what they need. They need to come out of the gate hot. They need, you know, not someone to, to run for 125 yards. They need the, somebody to, to make the throw, run the offense, hand off a bunch of times, and don't make any mistakes or make a few mistakes. And feed the most dirt. Do it. I'm, I'm very, that. I'm very, I mean, it was just such a good value, I felt like. I'm very heavily invested in Raheem Mostert. So, one of the, and one league I have Sermon, but. That's I'm I'm more team moster when it comes to that, Ryan. You and I have talked about that. Guys, let's talk about the Ravens situation at running back. Speaking of running back position, <laughs> just keep losing, guys. J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill. Then they lose Gus Edwards, torn ACL. By the way, on top of that, losing Marcus, Marcus Peters, too. Yeah, the on the very next play. Dude, at this point, you're looking at Tyson Williams. You're looking at Le'Veon Bell. Devonta Freeman, Latavius Murray, and it's so funny because everybody must be hanging with the family because at least in all my leagues, already Murray is locked up, not on waivers anymore. He who hesitates has lost cells. Yeah, I mean, 
But can we really blow fab budget on Latavius Murray until they get a shaman or something out on their practice field? Because you know, I'm concerned we, that it's they might not broke. have had to. They, he could have been open at that point. It could have been just a free agent pickup and you drop some receiver or something. That's true. That's true. But, like, at this point, I'm just staying away from the Ravens backfield. I just am. They run for even – if, even if J.K. Dobbins was healthy and even if Gus Edwards was still healthy and even if Justice Hill was still healthy, those three guys plus Tyson Williams – plus Lamar Jackson would all get like 10 carries a game. That's just what they do. So at this point, now you're getting a bunch of, I mean, Le'Veon Bell hasn't been a thing in four years, right? Latavius Murray, there's a reason the Saints almost didn't put him on the 53-man roster to begin with, and he got beat out by a rookie. Guys washed up. So you're getting cast-offs just to fill roster spots. You know that Lamar Jackson's going to run more now. Because they're not going to trust Le'Veon Bell for the first few weeks. They're not, if at all, they're not going to trust Latavius Murray. This game total, by the way, for Monday night is at 50 right now, I'm seeing. There's no way. Take the under. Even if the Ravens manage to put up 28 points, the Raiders aren't putting up 22. Why is this at 50, Hallam? Do you think, I mean, does it make sense to you? Are we just going to be seeing a lot of the Raiders offense and Lamar Jackson's going to have a really strong game? I mean, th- does that number surprise you? Seems a little bit high to me too. Yeah, a little high, but I, 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 I don't know that I agree that we have to stay away from the backfield. Like they, they're not a strong passing team. So I can't all of a sudden see them expect Lamar Jackson to throw the ball 40 times and win. I mean, this team is designed to run. Uh, you're right. None of these guys are superstars, but I mean, Latavius Murray has been a, a decent backup when an Alvin Kamara has been hurt for the past few years. Uh, I, I think he's going to be the one to come in. And I don't see the Tyson Williams uh, hype train has got to be over. Uh, you know, they didn't bring in three veterans if they really <laughs> had faith in this kid. I know they fill roster spots. That but. was the, that was the logic for not liking justice Hill. They kept saying they liked him and they kept bringing people in over. Him. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm on the Murray train if you have to pick somebody out of this. And you know what? They have a good offensive line. They have a good run scheme. I mean, you maybe don't have to be a really great running back to be successful on this team. Uh, we saw San Francisco, you know, similar last year. You know, like Jermichael Hasty had a couple good games, and Jeff Wilson looked like a pretty good running back. And who the hell are they? You know, so I think, you know, Murray's the guy that I'm most on out of any of them. Uh, you know, I agree with you on Le'Veon Bell, if he gets a shot at all. I just saw something before we started. Oh, it's going to – he's not – doesn't quite have his feet under – like, what – He was shot last year! How much more do we – do we? this guy is so shot. And, it, you know, I have a friend who's a Steelers fan. We, we were talking about it recently. I was like – it's just like weed and rap music. And like, he couldn't stop getting suspended for weed. And now it seems like he just wants to move on to his rap career, which is all well and good. You know, it seems like he's good at it. He's selling records, but I mean, it seems just like the passion for football is just gone with this guy. And, and he like, he's hanging around to, to make a few paychecks, but right. how many teams I think he's can done. it possibly be that it's the team's problem and not his, right? Yeah. Blamed it on the Steelers, blamed it on the Jets, blamed it on Andy Reid. He threw Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin under the bus. Two of the most respected coaches in the league, and this guy can't gel with him? I think it's you. The worst thing he did was hold out. I mean, a lot of those running backs that held out back then, I mean, MJD 
You know, that didn't work out for him. Didn't work out for Le'Veon Bell. No, I mean, they're replaceable. They are. That's the thing, because a lot of these running backs, you know, when it comes to it, really does their system does matter. Their offensive line does matter. It protects them. That's, That's why, why we, I never touched Joe Mixon. <laughs> right. Yeah. By the way, this is what my problem is with Michael Carter, because everything I've read about Michael Carter, the tape I've watched about Michael Carter, he doesn't he can't really escape defenders and he's not that fast. So how is he going to be able to break tackles? Jeff Jets offensive line going to be the best in the league? No. No. That that's yeah. what I'm wondering with him and that's why I'm still looking at someone like a, and how I'm former 49ers running back Tevin Coleman. That's why I'm still giving him a look too and I have him st- sitting there on the bench. What the hell? Get some running back depth even if it doesn't look sexy. I want to bring this up to you as well, guys. I'm looking at the Vegas totals here, and I don't only go by Vegas totals, but when I see on this board there are very few games in the 50s, let's talk about at least one that could be filled with some fantasy greatness, and that's this Arizona-Tennessee game. 53 and a half, guys. What are your thoughts on Arizona's offense going in here? Because is it going to be a lot of Kyler Murray? Is Chase Edmonds going to at least prove me wrong and proving that he can actually be a very effective runner, making James Conner just a side piece because this is a high-ass total right here. Yeah, I actually have that game going over, Woo! and I have the Cardinals winning. Hmm. The Titans' defense is terrible. Cardinals are three-point underdogs, by the way, for those yes. in the wagering universe. Uh, the, car- the, the Titans' defense is terrible. Like, if the Cowboys weren't so bad, we'd all have been talking about how bad the Titans' defense was. Because they didn't stop anybody. Even in a crappy division last year, they didn't stop anybody. And now, yes, A.J. Green is theoretically washed up. But if you can get anything out of A.J. Green, it frees up DeAndre Hopkins even a little bit more. Christian Kirk looked pretty good. Kyler Murray's always electric. And I tend to still think that James Conner has something left in the tank. I think chemistry in Pittsburgh was not great relying on Big Ben, and then when he gets injured, you can't do anything. I think that hurt James Conner. So, yeah, I think they can move the ball really, really well against the Titans. And let's not forget, the Titans are loaded on offense, too. They've got A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry. And, oh, yeah, they've got a a red zone weapon in Anthony Ferkser, too, in case those three can't get the job done. So, yeah, I think this game's going over. I think a lot of offense, I also, as much as Tennessee's defense isn't that great, Arizona's secondary isn't all that good either. Right. Uh, so I, I think there's going to be plenty of points scored. I don't know that who's going to try to handle Derrick Henry. Uh, I, I do. I think there's a lot of points going to be up there. Uh, I, I pretty much agree with everything you just said, so I'm just going to move on. Yeah. The, I mean, the game last night was a 60, yeah, right. 60 points, right? With a 52 and a half close. And are we saying that either of the Titans or Cardinals offenses can't be as electric as the Cowboys and Bucks? They can be. They can. I mean, look, everyone, when it comes to. I mean, I'm not saying they're there yet, right? No, but you're just saying it has the potential to be a shootout and go over here like you're. If defending. it's 27 27, that's 54 points. Yeah. By the way, speaking of 54 points, 54 and a half Browns and Chiefs. By the way, guys, what do you think about this? We, we play a little game on Alarm After Hours, me, Ronus, and Pemba, kind of competition season long. We bet underdogs, and Ronus had the first pick in last night's Browns. draft, and he took the Browns. What do you he think about the Browns? He said before the Thursday stream last night that he thinks the Browns can win. What do you guys think about that? Can they beat the Chiefs? Uh, I just saw a minute ago that 
Beckham might be a game time decision, but I, I don't think Ira Matthew be. may not play though either. I, I don't think the Browns are built to win uh, in the playoffs. Are we just talking about this week? Or are we talking about the whole season? Just, just this, this week. week. Oh, they can win. Sure. I mean, they have a really good defense. Uh, you know, a good pass rush in which we saw in the Super Bowl. You can get to Patrick Mahomes, and and uh, you know. I, it's all, it's all about trying to control Kelsey and Hill because there's not much else to worry about. I think they can win. I don't think they will win, uh, but I think it'll be a pretty close game. Oh, if Miko Hardman has two or three touchdowns, everybody's going to be – that's anyone in this space is going to be coming out from under a rock and making sure that they take their victory lap, that Miko Hardman, they're on it. They invented him. I'm ready for that, guys. Because that's a name that has been brought up so much, it's almost nauseating at this point. Just because he's the third guy there, who's going to defend him? And then if he has two touchdowns, bet your bottom dollar we're going to see on Twitter, Ryan's favorite place, so many braggadocious tweets. Yeah, had you read my Homer piece uh, in the Fantasy Alarm Draft Guide, you would have realized that drafting me Cole Hardman was a waste of a pick. Um <laughs> You you just stunned the universe right there. So just they just don't look the Chiefs and I went back. I stated this in the um, in the Homer piece that going back to when Andy Reid took over the Chiefs, there's only ever two main targets in the passing game. There's only ever two, and that's clearly Kelsey and it's clearly Hill. And it's not going to change unless one of those guys gets injured, which we're not, you know, obviously rooting for or saying is going to happen. But that just doesn't – It just, like, if he doesn't break big gains, Mikael Hartman's not doing anything. Right? He's just not going to see the volume to get over 50 catches. And if he's not breaking big gains, he's not, he's not cracking 700 yards. And he may get a handful of touchdowns. Because he's not a goal line threat. He's going to have to break him on big. He's like Nelson Aguilar, right? Everybody wants to go, oh, Nelson Aguilar had a great year for the Raiders last year. Did you check his catch efficiency? Because he didn't catch that many of his targets. And when he did, they were all big plays. Every one of his touchdowns came outside the red zone. So that's kind of like a Mecole Hardman, right? They got speed, but he can't do anything with it. Yeah, I got a question about Aguilar yesterday, too, and I was like, he had a pretty decent season, but how much of it was in five games or, or six? Yeah, it was, right. yeah he, he had some good breakout games or, or you know, high-volume high games, but there was a lot of garbage in there, too. So I, I really feel – somebody said something about the Patriots' weapons. Like Kendrick Bourne was okay as a third receiver for the 49ers, and Aguilar had a few good games for the Raiders. Uh, I think the Patriots vastly overpaid for both guys. Yeah, I mean, Aguilar was targeted 82 times, only caught 48 of them. So that's like just over 50%. That's not that efficient. And 18.7 yards per catch is insane. Mm -hmm. By the way, in that same game I was referring to with betting the underdogs, almost took the Cardinals with the three-point dogs because it has to be at least a three-point spread. Instead... I went to the Dolphins over the Patriots. I actually took them in the game preview, too. I think the Dolphins are going to beat the I Patriots. Just, I, mean, I think that their defense can really shake up Mac Jones. Mac Jones needs more experience. That's that's a lot of what I'm putting it on, and I think that this offense can do just enough. might be a low-scoring game, 
But I think this Dolphins offense can do just enough to put it over the line there. So that there's that also no point. weapons for Mac Jones outside of Johnny Smith. Kobe Myers. I'll get a get out of here with Jacoby Myers. <laughs> By the way, guys, at over that I'm looking at, and you guys can maybe tell me if I'm really stupid. You can tell me if I'm stupid anyway. I can handle it. But the Packers and the Saints, it's at 49 and a half. I really want to hammer this over. I'm a big believer in Jameis Winston. Yes, he makes a lot of mistakes, but he throws for a lot of freaking yardage too. And I think, I mean, we know what Rodgers can do. I really feel like this is going to be one of those back and forth shootouts and it's going to be fun. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, Jameis. If it goes 27-24, that's 51 points. Yep. Right? Yeah. Like, we could see it doing 27-24 Packers win, right? Keep in mind, Aaron Jones is probably not going to have a very good game. The Saints' rush defense is really good. Like, really good. There were points last year they hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher in, like, 39 straight games or something. Like, their rush defense is really good. So, um it's going to be tricky for Jameis to put up points, though, because they don't have anybody on the outside outside of the, uh, like, second-round steal, apparently, in Marquez Calloway, right? Like, that guy went – one of the late drafts I saw in a best ball, he went, like, in the second round. And I'm like, you're ridiculous. Like, that's just a waste of a pick. I'm sorry. Like, the guy's going to be – Michael Thomas is going to be out 14 weeks or something, but he may only be out the first five, and then the Saints have their bye, putting him right. back at week seven. Right. That's so we've got a Carson Wentz type five to twelve week time frame here. Mm-hmm. Is that what, <laughs> but like I don't know. I mean I could see it hitting the over, especially with all of like the momentum the Saints are getting from like the hurricane, like they're playing for their city again. It could just hit the over with the Packers. That's like true. they could just show up. <laughs> And just I, I guess people. what I guess what Devontae Adams at this point is auditioning for a new team, so he'll be plenty motivated, right? I will say it seems like drama is just all over the Packers. I won't be surprised if him and Aaron Rodgers play a few more years together, but uh, I agree. I think it's going to go over. Don't forget about Alvin Kamara, and you know, yeah. he's going to do it in a lot of different ways. So I think they'll certainly put up points. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be a game like last night. I just think it's going to be pass, 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 pass a lot and sprinkle in some. So, I mean, Kamara could have 12 catches in this one and, and you know, find a way to, to put up 20 points, 25 Get points. Get ready for Taysom Hill, two rushing yeah. touchdowns. Oh, my. Oh, my <laughs> word. Oh, don't you put that on us, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that on us. Let's go to the family so table. That's not allowed at the table, Howell. You're like the da- you're like the daddy of the group here. So you're that's not allowed at the table. I'm just telling you that right there. So none of that. But let's bring something to the family table. And Ryan, how why don't you start us off here? All right. So it's always fun to add to the family. So since our local shelter is a little overflowed at the moment, we are fostering this little cute dog, which I'm not sure it doesn't look like you can see. So this is Angel, who's joining our house for a short period of time until someone comes and adopts her. She's a little 35-pound pit bull who is pretty much the nicest dog ever and so I know no one listening to this lives next to me, but she's uh, she's been she's been a lot of fun over the last week. So I know you guys like dogs, so I figured I'd at least bring her bring her out. Yeah, she's a cute dog, and she's been licking your face the entire time you've been talking about this, and your hair for that matter too. So there you go, she Ryan. She looks like a, she looks like my dog. We got ourselves a, a black. I mean, she's my dog's 
bigger. She's like 60 pounds. But so, yeah, so can I ask you a personal question, Ryan? Oh, so how is your bed gonna fit three dogs now? This one goes. This one is crated at night. She. Uh, we don't want to put. Is that this kind a of, forever uh, thing or is this? For no, the- this is a fostering. No, this is not a forever thing. <laughs> she's going on Facebook like daily to someone to come. She's she's a fantastic dog. Someone is really good because for like for a week with two other dogs and all the other craziness that goes on here, she's she's fantastic. So someone's gonna get themselves a nice little gem here. But no, she's not staying. Cells, <laughs> what are you bringing to the family table? How brought a dog? <laughs> I am not bringing a dog. Nor am I bringing one of my kids because they're at school at the moment, which is fantastic. Um, No, what I'm going to bring is if you are taking time to prepare for your next job and the next rung up the ladder in your career, spend it prepping wisely. Jamar Chase took a whole freaking year (laughs) off of school to get ready for the NFL and avoid COVID. You know what he didn't do? He didn't right. practice catching with an NFL football. He practiced catching with a college ball. And then goes on some interview this week and say, yeah, I know I've been dropping balls because the NFL ball is different and it's harder to catch and I can't see it because it doesn't have white stripes. Well, you took a year off. What were you doing? Mac Jones has his girlfriend doing walkthroughs of the Patriots offense in their front yard so he can learn the offense better. You took a whole year off and can't get used to a football? Really? Joe Burrow, your buddy from the national championship, didn't tell you, hey, the ball's different. You might want to practice with a different one. (laughs) You're only 45 minutes from New Orleans. You really couldn't snag an NFL player to go run routes with? Drew Brees, I'm sure, would have helped you. Like, come on. If you're going to take time to prep for your career, do it wisely. Put the time in the right way. This goes for anything. If Fenstie's taking time off to go prep for, if he makes the jump from radio to TV, and instead of hopping on day one, oh, I didn't know my face was going to be on camera. <laughs> no, you take time getting used to the TV. Dale Earnhardt Jr., the last year of his career, he knew he was going to go to NBC. You know what he did half the week? What? He went to their studio and practiced being in front of a camera and delivering lines. Jamar Chase, get your head out of your ass and go practice with an NFL football. Of course, in true 2020-21 fashion, he went on Twitter and said it was taken out of context. Like, no, actually, bro, oh, it's shit. right there. In black <laughs> black it's, it's not actually, an, it's, it's actually no what context. said. <laughs> the context I mean, is you suck at practicing for your career. You're an <laughs> idiot and thought the football – the football changed from high school to college. You didn't know it was going to change from college to pro? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you didn't say that. You said something else that means the exact same thing. So it was not taken out of context. <laughs> Amazing. By the way, who would want me on their TV screen? I'll break every single TV screen in the entire world. Seriously. Trying to give me a boost. I, I appreciate that. That's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me, surprisingly. <laughs> See how sad my life is. And you're going to break the TV because it can't hold your energy. Wow. <laughs> God Thank you so much, man. Check this out, Bill. Seriously. All right, here's what I'm bringing to the table. And this is what I'm saying. And I'm not saying this as an analyst, as someone who writes content, someone who speaks content. I'm just saying in general on a human level and from a manner standpoint, there will be a lot of you that seek our advice, other fantasy analysts' advice out there, and as you should. And they will all do the best they can for you. 
But just remember, if every single week when you ask for advice and the analyst takes time out of their day to answer your question, which you think that they're supposed to do, which they really don't have to answer your personal question. They get a lot of questions. If you're going to go after them, you want to be critical. You want to blame them for your losses, blame them for putting you in the wrong direction every single week going after them. And then two days later, you're going to make like nothing, nothing happened. It's a new week. If you're going to go after someone, you better damn well thank them as well. I'm not saying that anytime we answer, any of us answer a question, you have to thank us. We're not saying that. We understand that it's part of our responsibility. But at the same time, if you're going to be disrespectful on social media, on Discord, you calling up and saying, you lost me my week, you did this, then you better be ready to give that analyst, no matter who it is, wherever they work, you better be ready to pay it forward and give that analyst credit when they get something right for you. If you're going to keep score like that and you shouldn't, why waste your time? We're going to be all wrong. Any analyst that tells you that they're going 100% never getting anything wrong is full of shit. And it's the truth. So don't believe that. And if you're, and we're not saying you have to thank us, but if you're going to go after someone every week on being wrong, you're going to go after my guy, Howard Bender, on Twitter for giving you a wrong pick. When he gives you a right pick, you better thank his ass. That's all I'm saying. And that, this has the, Howard was just the example because he's Mama Bird and he's Howard Bender and I love him. Anyone. Just make sure you're respectful about it. And if you're keeping score on what we all got wrong, make sure you're also keeping score and thanking us for what we get right. It's not that hard. And that's all I'm going to say about that. My favorite is always, uh, is, should I start uh, Tyree Kill or DeAndre Hopkins? I'm like, Hopkins, like, well, you don't like this about Hill? I'm like, why do you ask my opinion then? If you already had your mind made up. That's what <laughs> Right. If, if I, yeah. Also, I will add That's the one things. that always makes me laugh. I will add two things to that. If you are taking the time to ask a fantasy analyst a question, regardless of sport, give us the full picture. Because a ton of times, and this goes for Discord, Twitter, wherever, Facebook, wherever, you'll go, should I play this guy or should I play this guy? Or who wins this trade? This guy or this guy? Okay. You're trading a running back for a wide receiver, or it's a flex, and you're deciding, but who are the other guys in your lineup? How does this affect that grouping of players? Is it PPR? Is it standard? Is it half-point PPR? Is it, you know, whatnot? Give us the full picture, because I don't want to go 15 rounds with, oh, but I forgot, this guy's also on my bench, and if he blinks twice, he gets a point bonus or whatever the heck your your scoring system is. Like, Give us all of the information and also realize, by the way, you're not the only person asking questions. Yes, I am. You're just (laughs) not. There's plenty of people that will wake up early and they want their questions answered early before they go to work. And that's perfectly fine. But understand that it's early for us, too. And our job isn't to wake up and be spot on, ready to answer questions. We're running the site. We're posting content. We're writing content. We're gathering news so we can be accurate in what the information is that we're trying to convey to you. So please realize you're not the only person in the world. Yes, who I needs am. A question. <laughs> it's the and truth. Just be polite. It's not personal. It's not personal. Are, if you're polite, we'll be a lot more happy to answer a lot more of your questions than somebody that's rude and demands stuff. Oh, 100%. 
and a thousand percent when it comes to that. He's Matt Sells, who you just heard. Ryan Helm, Justin Fensterman, that's yours truly. This has been another episode of the Family Times Podcast. We'll see you next week. We'll talk about what went on in week one and looking forward to week two with all of you. But for now, we'll always dominate because there isn't any other option. We'll just win.